Are you ready to start? I did start. This isn't starting. Oh, heaven's sakes. All right. Hi, I'm Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. still waking up. I've been in Chicago all weekend and had a great time. Got to take like 38 kids from the high school to like what I would consider like my home city. Shy town. Yeah, it was so much fun. And the weather was almost perfect. My brother said, we gave you all four seasons. We had summer. Well, we had spring, summer, winter, and fall. It was snowing one day, it was hot one day, it was windy and cold one day, and it was just gorgeous the first day. So we ha- we literally do, I think we were there four or five days and we had every single season. Did you ever feel like your life was in danger? No, I did not. But I know that there was a lot happening in Chicago over the All I know is I'm sitting at home, so what... What could have been a pretty cool bachelor weekend, just me and Neil. What could have been? But we had creation weekend all weekend long. So okay. I was here Friday, Saturday, all day Sunday. So uh, anyway, um, we did a few guy things while you're gone. But but no, I was, well, I was reading the news and it said like hundreds of teenagers loot the streets of Chicago. And and I'm going, oh, I hope you're... Because you guys were right down... We were. We were right down, right down in there. the heart of all that. But... We did not see any of that. We didn't ever feel like our life was in danger. And I don't think that the school would have put us in a situation where. So we, um, you know, it's a big city. And so one thing could be happening three blocks away and you would really never know. Like, so we were, we went to Navy Pier. We went on a boat tour, which was fascinating. I haven't done that since I actually took preschoolers. No, we've Three been on a boat. Three and four-year-olds back in like 1990. No, you and I have been on a, on a boat tour in Chicago. Well, that was a completely different kind of boat tour. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were taking it. This was what, four, five, six years ago? We were out on our anniversary, anniversary. like, oh, let's Groupon this sucker and... Yeah, we we grew really cool we grew on the heck out of that anniversary boat tour, and so we get on it, and we found out it was a little bit more of like a party. It was boat. a booze cruise. It I was thought a booze cruise. we either mis misread. <laughs> I don't know. We either misread the the, the brochure, fine, fine print, but um, and it's supposed to be the scenic tour of the Chicago skyline in the evening. We thought, oh, this would be beautiful, romantic, and it was really not a river cruise. This was the on it's Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan. All I know is we get out to to the lake a little bit, and all of a sudden the music and the disco lights was like, I'm like, what the heck? The dresses were a little risque. All of a sudden, what is going on? Yeah, and people are dancing, and I'm like, what the heck? And you're stuck. You can't go anywhere. What's funny though is that we were sitting at the table, you're drinking your diet coke, and there was another couple who I believe were celebrating their anniversary as well. Totally miss had the same and situation. And they were in the same boat as us. And we're like, did you think it was like this? And we're like, no, did you think? I was like, no, we, no, I we thought, want off now. I thought we, we were can't. on the Skyline tour. <laughs> this was the booze cruise tour. And for two hours, it was yeah. do, 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 
<laughs> and all these young people. I never felt so old in my life. They're all dancing and and I'm they have just, gotten off work and that was like I guess something that people do all the time. And we thought it was just gonna be like a stand outside and oh look at the beautiful skyline and not at all. It was so so not what we was, had prepared for. And we were stuck. Absolutely stuck. Because we're not swimming back. And so we just tried to huddle up in our own little corner and just try to ignore everything that's happening and try to actually look at the skyline. We probably have some pictures of that. Um, because I we remember we were like we... making some looks at people like, whoa. And so we were taking some selfies and everything. But so no, that's not the kind of cruise we no, took the high school. We went on a river on. cruise up through like an architectural tour. So over the weekend I got to be a chaperone on one of the high school trips to Chicago. Our son is in the orchestra and his orchestra got invited to Chicago to play at the Chicago Symphony Hall. And so it was a really cool opportunity for them. So they'd asked me since I was kind of from the area. I'm not from downtown, but um, I grew up in the suburbs. And so I was like, yeah, I want to go. That'd be amazing. So we flew out. We actually flew and uh, we got to go to Navy Pier, go on the boat cruise, go to uh, the John Hancock building and go up to what they call the 360 tilt and uh, see over the the whole night sky and, and the buildings and the landscape there. So we got to go to the Chicago Symphony and we got to hear the Chicago Symphony, which was amazing. And then there was a special violinist there that the girls were just, well, the violinist. And Brock said it was a famous violinist. Yeah, her name was Haley Hahn, and she was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, Haley Hahn. Oh, my word. (laughs) No, doesn't everybody know who Haley Hahn is? Of course. Yeah. Is she on Spotify? Probably. Haley Hahn. Well, everybody knows who Haley Hahn is. She's kind of got all these, like, she has a following. Yeah, she has in a following. her circle. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, we we just had a great time. We got to eat Portillos. I got Chicago pizza. I got Overwise. You got a Chicago dog. Uh, got a Chicago. Had to tell some of the students, hey, you got to try a Chicago dog. You're in Chicago. So we went to the Field Museum, and there's a Chicago hot dog stand right outside there, and there's a picture of what all goes on a Chicago dog. And so I was explaining to everybody, okay, so it's a all... Can you really trust food you buy out of a cart on the streets of Chicago? That's the best. Because when I was in Mexico one time, they said, don't buy street food. (laughs) (laughs) It depends, because I've been to Honduras and had street food. And I know this isn't Mexico. And I've been to China and had street food. So You went to China and the food was still moving that you ate. This is true. Yeah, another podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. No, this no, that's probably sh- okay in Chicago. Eat a hot dog off a hot they dog vendor. They have to be like, is it registered or something for a food truck? I don't know. I don't know how you do that, but they have like um, a rating on Google. Um, this little restaurant truck, whatever you call it, and uh, so they have to like be certified. Was it a truck or a food. cart? It was a cart. A cart. So a guy pushes it. No. So you don't know where no, that no, no, cart no. came it's from. It's a permanent cart because they actually have ice uh, freezers next to it for to fill up their ice bins and probably for water and stuff to boil where, the hot dogs because the Chicago dog is boiled. Did you know that? Yeah. Where do you think they got the water? From the ice. You think they melted ice for the boiled water? Well, if they don't have a faucet. But my guess is they have running water. From a street cart. On the side of the street. Well, it's next to the Shedd Aquarium. They probably use their water. <laughs> and the Shedd Aquarium's right there by Lake Michigan. Yeah, so that's probably how do you know from there's the not lake. a how do you know there's not a little hose pumping right up from Lake Michigan right up to the boiled water? 
Again, I think it's a certified, <laughs> like they've like registered. That's a with, big gamble for food. Like you always go to death con like, hello. <laughs> All right, I'm messing with you. Okay. So Chicago dog, poppy seed bun. It's important. I don't know why it's important, but it is it's Chicago dog, all beef, hot dog, mustard, green relish, a tomato slice, a pickle spear, onions, celery salt, and sport peppers. That is a Chicago dog. Did you say mustard? Yeah. Okay, mustard. No ketchup and no cheese. I know how you roll. Joe will be like, let's do Chicago dogs. And then he'll put ketchup and cheese on it. I'm like, you, that's not a Chicago dog. No, but you know, for me, leave the sport pepper off. I can handle the tomato and the pickle spear. Sphere. It, it's not a sphere. Spear. 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 <laughs> I, no, s- I can handle the dog. And I hate, I'm not a mustard fan. I like honey mustard, but you don't put that on a hot dog. I don't like yellow mustard very much. So I would do. Well, that's that's it. Here's what I would tell the dude. Give me a dog, put some ketchup and cheese on it. No, onions, they don't have cheese. Then I wouldn't buy one there. And then you'd have onions, a pickle, tomato, celery salt. That's all good, but I'd have to leave off the mustard and the. And by the way, you should never have onion. Let me ask everyone. When your spouse eats onion, do they reek like onion for the next week and a half? <laughs> Joe no. does. No, come on. Yeah, no. Especially if it's raw onion, you just like ooze onion smell out of your pores. It's really gross. You, you say it's gross. Some cultures call that pheromones. <laughs> so I'll walk into the house and I won't be even, I'll be 10 feet away from Kirsten and I'll be going in for a hug and she'll be, uh-uh, nope. You've had onions, I can I already tell. I could smell it. Actually, yesterday I came home, gave you a hug, a little peck on the lips, and I was like, you had salsa. <laughs> yep. And he does. He laughs. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess I had some for lunch. I'm like, ew, yuck. And I can smell it. So onions, raw onions is what I think it, you should leave the onions off. So you had a good time in Chicago, it huh? It was a lot of fun, yeah. It was oh, good. Good, good. Yeah, but I'm tired. The kids stayed up to like midnight, 2 a.m. And we had to do room checks and everything. So, but it was a good, it was fun. It was a good weekend. No, I know the pictures were cool. And I do it again. So yeah, it was a great opportunity for Brock to get to play it. They ended up getting to go to Symphony Hall. We go, went to the symphony, but they went back and they got to perform there. And then they got to do an encore performance. And our students, the one that Brock's with, his whole orchestra, there's 38 kids, they won first place. Yeah, what? what? Yeah, it was really exciting. It was well, You really and I were fun. talking before this. We, you and I never did anything that cool in high school. Oh, I never no. went on a Chicago trip, a Washington trip, nothing. Now, my I did take a senior trip to Cozumel, which is nuts. And, I was um, going to say, um... I went on a senior trip and we went to Wisconsin <laughs> in the winter. But, you know, I, I didn't get to do anything cool like that. I mean, I went to public school my whole life, but my last two and a half years was a small Christian high school. And you went to Christian high school, too. And we've talked about that before, but yeah. I don't remember taking these cool. There was no orchestra in well, my high school. Well, the opportunities in our high school were different, A, because we were at a private school. But B, they just didn't, my school didn't have an orchestra. Our our boys' high school has four high school orchestras, four orchestras. I think at one point they had five. 
Right now they have four. That's unbelievable. That's a lot of students playing in an orchestra. That's, I mean, it's unreal. It's, well, it's really cool. It's a program that's really grown. For sure. Of, they start those kids in fifth grade. Those kids Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Yes. Yeah, you have to pick grade. your instrument in sixth grade. And both of our boys are actually in the orchestra. Neil started with uh, violin and then Brock started a few years later with cello. And mm-hmm. so um, it's been a great program for them. They love it. But they also have probably just as many bands and choirs. So there's orchestra, band, choir, and in sixth grade, they have to choose one of them. It's required. And then whether they- If they're going to play. No, 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 no. Like they have to choose choir, band, or orchestra. It is required. Then if they want to continue it, that's up to them. But if they don't start orchestra in sixth grade, they can't just like jump into it in the 10th grade. They can't be like as a 10th grade to go, I'd like to learn cello and you probably won't have a place in the orchestra. They're like, "Uh, you're way behind. Now, if you transfer in, that's a little bit different. But yeah, yeah, so both of our boys started in the orchestra in sixth grade and they've moved up. Neil, Neil has continued to play all six years, I guess. So he's a senior and he's been in the orchestra the whole time. So... Yeah, we didn't have an orchestra at all in our school. We had a choir, I think. We didn't have orchestras, and we didn't have trips to Chicago. I, I had I trips feel to deprived. Chicago. Well, you grew <laughs> Only up. because I was... I'm, I'm feeling very deprived. Yeah, but Not tell really. us about your trip to Cozumel. Nope, another podcast, <laughs> another topic. And in the fear that friends might listen to this one day, I probably can't talk. No. You can't tell details? I had a great experience. Um, you did. Another podcast, another time. So it was a pretty amazing weekend. You were at the orchestra thing in Chicago, but while you were up there, we were down here doing our creation weekend, which unfortunately, just the way it worked out, you weren't able to be a part of it. I know. I was bummed. I know. Our creation weekend was scheduled, I think, over a year ago. For sure. Long before that orchestra. Well, um, I had scheduled them, and then I like double booked myself somehow. I know, but but what... If you don't know what our creation weekend is, um, it is our friends from the Institute for Creation Research down in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, we invited some of them to come up. Um, they're, they're some of their scientists. These guys, PhDs in geology and in they're all just so co- smart, oh, super brilliant, and um, but very down to earth too. And they gave a series of talks Friday night. Saturday morning, and then during all four of our services. And I think I added it up. We also did a, a, a youth student thing, session. a student session yeah. Sunday uh, late afternoon. I think they gave a grand total of 16 talks. Wow. I mean, I mean, they Over really, three days, yeah. yeah. And they covered topics on, I mean, dinosaurs, the flood, geology, uh, fossils, the ice age. I mean, you name it. They, they covered it so much. I mean, just a, I'm going to tell you, if you've got, um, I mean, I think they scratched some itches that some of our people didn't even know were itching. Mm-hmm. And they came with a whole bunch of resources, you know, and they, and they brought a replica of Stan the dinosaur, you know, the, the huge T-Rex head. Yeah. And, and I have a funny story about that. You have a great that. picture with that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And, and we'll, we can put it in the show notes. But, but I walked into the building and they, were, they had set up and they had had this big uh, T-Rex head, a, a full-size replica, and it's Stan. And the second I saw it, I thought, I know what that is. Um, the real Stan is a, is a, a fossil that they dug up and I don't know if it's one of the, I think it's probably one of the best preserved, most complete T-Rex heads ever oh, in wow. existence. And a couple of years ago, it was sold at a private auction for, I think $31 million. Wow. I mean, ridiculous amount of money and, and nobody for sure knows who has it. And so the speculation is, 
you know, hey, some rich Saudi prince bought it. One of these eccentric guys has unlimited amounts of money or whatever. So, but nobody knew for a couple of years. It was like somebody owns it, but we don't yeah. know who. And then, and then, um, oh, I don't know, maybe a year ago, you know, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning have that Monday Night Football show. I think that's what it was. And they were interviewing um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay. Okay. So in his, I'm like so intrigued. He's, no, I'm he, like, okay, he's at home. It's on this? there. It's on the Manning cast. Yeah. It's on this thing. And so they invite the rock and he's in his living room and he's in front of his webcam and in the background, in his living room, in the background. he has, well, you know, the replica that I took my right. picture with, he had the exact same thing. And, and, and Peyton Manning goes, Hey, or Eli, one of them goes, Hey, what's that thing in the, in your living room? He goes, Oh, that's Stan. Oh. Stan. And they did, I was like, that's, you have a dinosaur. Yeah. That's a T-Rex head. That's Stan. And, oh and, and they talked about it for a minute and they just went on. And for about the next 24 hours, front page news all over the world that could have Stan was the rock, the mystery buyer oh, for my Stan. Word. <laughs> and I remember this going on. This was big news for a whole day. And the rock had to come out and release a statement that says, no, 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 no. That's a replica of Stan. Uh, okay. And and I think he said he paid thirty grand for that replica. Just so was, the replica. Just the re- it was a very high detailed replica. But I, I'll never. So I walked into the church. I'm like, hey, it's Stan. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and of course, they had a replica as well. I mean, but this thing was so cool. And so they had dinosaurs. Like during the youth session, uh, they didn't do this during the adults part, but they brought out all these fossils from oh, around the wow. world that that uh, Dr. Clary had. You know, he, he's just a fascinating guy to listen to, and the way he can take these huge concepts yeah. and, 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 and line them up with scripture, line them up with geology and show that this is how the flood happened. Mm-hmm. And, and so he brought all these fossils from all the, so th- th- I mean, in no way am I going to be able to sit here and talk about it like they are, like they, they, they were able to, but all I know is I was at the field museum <laughs> on Saturday morning and I'm walking through the dinosaur section, fossil section, and because there's so many sections of that museum. And exact time Joe was sitting in a set main session with the creation um, creation research creation scientist. Weekend. Yeah. I'm walking through the stickers and fossils <laughs> of 350 million years ago. And so I was taking pictures, sending it to Joe going, while you're sitting here listening to this creation talk, I'm sitting at the field museum, listening to how many millions and billions of years old they think right. our world is and how old these fossils are. And so I'm like, isn't it ironic? So I stuck my head in a very similar dinosaur head. Yeah. I mean, there, this one was encased um, with glass. So I stuck my head the similar picture that Joe had taken and sent it to him of the picture that he yes. had sent me. Insight into our marriage. I stick my head in the mouth of a dinosaur <laughs> and Kirsten needs to do the same. Over and in Chicago. That's right. No, but it was, I was showing Dr. Clary. I said, hey, you want to know something funny? I said, you're talking about a young earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these creation scientists come from a young earth perspective. So mm-hmm. basically means that the earth creation, everything happened less than 10,000 years. That's mm-hmm. a big broad. I think they would say more like, and again, I, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I think they're coming at it more from the six to 8,000 year range. The earth mm-hmm. isn't any older than that. Mm-hmm. And so you're texting me pictures from this museum 3.5 billion years ago, yeah. the big bang. And I, and you're shooting, so I was showing him, I was like, Hey, 
Dr. Claire, look at this. While you're talking about six or 7,000 years ago, or the flood being 4,500 years ago, um, this is what my wife is being exposed to. And I'm showing him pictures. And of course, <laughs> he's naming all the dinosaurs in the background. He's like, yeah. oh, yeah, there's those. There's, and and uh, so you, he frequents that section oh, of the yeah. museum. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was just fat. I mean, I loved it. And here's some of the insights that I got. No, I went to Bible college for four years, been in seminary for another two and a half years. I mean, I, I sat through a lot of lectures about the Bible, all kinds of stuff. Um, but they brought up things that never even occurred to me. Oh, wow. And that's what I love about this stuff. You know, so Dr. Clary, so he's a geologist. He's traveled all seven continents looking at um, rock formations, right. collecting fossils, digging, um, looking at the layers of the earth and, and studying these layers. And again, I'm not going to be able to repeat what he said. I mean, that's why they sell books. And right. I and those talks hopefully are going to be available on our website. So I think that's the we plan can, right yeah, now. I think we're going to try to take all 16 of those. We videoed all of them. Yeah. And I think we're going to create a landing page on our website um, initially and put them, make them available. And um, we'll let you guys know when we do that. But, but, you know, here's what I here. I think for me, one of the most fascinating parts of the talk, I didn't get to hear them all. Obviously I couldn't be in all the different locations. But Dr. Clary was talking about how the flood came upon the earth. And of course, if you believe the Bible and, 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 and you align with their interpretation of things, uh, which I do, um, you know, because of the wickedness of man, God decided to destroy the earth. You know, the Bible says the inclination of every thought of, of every person's heart was evil all the time. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's why sometimes when some people say to me, it's the worst it's ever been right now. And I said, well, I, I can point to a lot of bad things, but I don't think it's the worst it's ever right. been. The worst it's ever been was the days of Noah. Which is hard for every, us to fathom. Every thought of every person was evil. I mean, that's, mm. except for Noah. Um, so God destroys the earth. And you know, when you grow up in Sunday school, and even going through Bible college, you know, you, you just kind of have in your brain, okay, the rains came down, wiped everybody out, blam, it was done, the, the ark floated. And then, you know, in the flood, then the waters receded and, and you started over. But when you actually read the biblical account, which I've done many, many times, I'm, I'm not saying like, oh, this was brand new, but the way they presented it made me think in ways that I hadn't thought before. You know, um, little details like, you know, the rain started, the, the oceans, the flood waters of the deep burst open. But it's not like the ark just immediately floated and there was 100 feet of water. It took time. Mm. And so what was really interesting was to him talk about how that how the earth split open and how the waves started to come in, like we're talking huge tsunami waves and how they would wipe out certain things. And they've got geological record that shows how these tidal waves, these tsunamis of water cut into the mud layers, which eventually became rock, you know, and how, and, and so he's like, why do we find isolated dinosaur bones in these concentrated areas? Well, you know, things are going to move to higher ground. So um, it's interesting because he said, God shut the ark. Judgment was complete. Here it mm-hmm. comes. Mm-hmm. No more second chances. But they didn't all die the second the rain started. Mm-hmm. People, dinosaurs, creatures started to move to higher ground as the waters began to rise. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole flood event was a year-long thing. Mm-hmm. And and how he talked about how things got buried. Obviously, to create a fossil, they have to be buried, buried very quickly. And he was showing us real fossils of animals dying, giving birth. Oh, wow. Eating other animals, that so that shows a fl- an event where they had to be buried very quickly, 
and the right conditions had to be. So all the evidence, I mean, the way they present it, it shows a worldwide flood. You look at the rock formations, you look at the fossils, there's only one logical explanation is there was a worldwide flood and they were buried very quickly. And so as these this whole event started to unfold and how the how the geology shows how these layers and mud formations that turned around and fossil and how things got buried and why things are buried. I was blown away. Nice. Because, you know, it, you, it begs to ask the question, why do they find well fossils in the desert? Hmm. Why do they find sea fossils up on mountains? Why do they find dinosaur bones miles out to sea? Well, what it, I'm it, interested it, to know, though, is the secular view. How do those scientists explain that? Like that's what's fascinating to me is that there's not really an, another explanation. Well, obviously that. a huge emphasis of Creation Weekend was debunking evolution. Yeah. Explaining, you know, the theories of evolution, how they came to these things. And and it's almost like a they the way they described it is the belief in evolution, which I think it takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does that there was an intelligent designer. Creator, Absolutely. Yeah. But they talk about how evolution is almost a religion unto itself. Mm. That you buy into a hook lining sinker sinker and you will not allow yourself to see the clear evidence. And 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 Dr. Galuza talked a lot about how he's like, when you read these I mean, nationally known scientists and these papers, these scientific papers, they're full of magic words. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and he kind of taught us how to pick apart the language and how there's these uses of words that don't really mean anything. Like words like suddenly and they they uh, preceded to. He's like, no, you got to stop and go, what does suddenly mean? What does preceded to? What does simple mean? What does, you know, and basically he just systematically broke apart evolution and showed how it doesn't hold up um, and how creation or, and how the flood answers all these yeah. questions about how we are. And, and, um, and it was, I was just, well, I know one of the talks fascinated. was um, about the grand Canyon. And I think Dr. Clary um, spoke about um, something about the grand Canyon. And I know I didn't, I obviously didn't get to hear it. I think, Neil didn't get to hear it, and you probably, I don't know if you got to be in there or not, but that I one, I, I I'd love to hear one. that. I mean, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon and you see the mag magnitude of the size, I think that was one of the things when you first went to the Grand Canyon, I got to be with you when you got to first see it for yeah. the first time, and just to see like the whole awe experience of it, and then, um, you know, and people start... Well, they lead, they lead creation tours, rafting tours yes. down the Grand Can down, and now they're starting to lead groups up to the Black Hills of Wyoming. Oh, there's wow. a there's a lot of dinosaur, a lot of stuff yeah. up there, and there's basically everything you see in the Grand Canyon, you also see in the Black Hills. Yeah, and it it's, just is awesome. It's really cool. I think it's uh, all the stuff that I mean. It's one of the reasons why we had them back. Yeah, um, they've been here before. It's been four or five years ago. I remember our son was just fascinated by it because unfortunately our kids aren't being ta taught or told anything about creationism at all um, in the public school district. And no, cause that would, that would, that would, 
create a conflict. To, no, you'd <laughs> have to acknowledge that there's a creator yeah. if you want to talk about creation. And then that creation. talks about faith, and then they they really get stuck <clears throat> in a bind there. So, yeah. Um, but it was, it's one of the reasons why we did the student session, you know, it was so that we could give our students an opportunity to go, hey, I, we know that you're not hearing this at your public school, so we definitely want you to... Um, understand that we believe there's a creator and he's done some amazing yeah. things that just don't unfortunately get talked about in school. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing you look at the evidence and how could you think it's anything other than that? Um, you know, I, I, I've said this for several months leading up to our creation weekend, especially with our students, especially our students. Is like they don't they don't have to remember every piece of evidence and every detail that these doctors bring up, but as long as they know, hey, there is a scientific, logical exp- explanation for it this way as well, mm-hmm. and that way includes the Lord. Yeah, if that could just create that, I need to question this harder. Yeah, I need to look in this and go on their own journey. I mean, to me, that's a huge win mm-hmm. for us, and I believe that we accomplished it. I believe that that happened. I know. Right. I know they the kids during the Q and A section session asked a lot of good questions oh, and good. they were dialed in and so I was really happy to hear about that. You know, Sunday Dr. Galuza preached for me uh-huh. and he um, he said something. He goes, "As a scientist, I need to throw out a hypothesis." And he goes, "My hypothesis is, and I'm not going to say it just exactly right, but like a good study of science will lead you to worship your Creator." Mm-hmm. And then he began for about thirty minutes to talk about the hand, the anatomy of a hand, how precise and intricate your hand is. Hmm. It was a fascinating talk. I mean, that one right now is, it's still on our website from our live stream on Sunday. Oh, good. But just walk you through the dynamics of a hand. took about 15, 20 minutes and how they've never been able to replicate it. And he pointed it all back to a creator. And then how he came back at the end of a sermon was like, you know, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And, and And this idea of the hand and he asked everybody, doesn't just a little bit of science talk about your hand, doesn't that make you want to worship the Lord? And everybody's like, yes. And he said, you know what we do with these hands? You know, these hands are used to to communicate to. You know, you put your hand on something. Like 90% of our communication comes through the hand. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, you, you touch those that you love. Mm-hmm. And... And and I forget exactly. I mean, I'd have to go back and watch the sermon. But how? But how he all led up to you know, you touch with your hands when you worship God. You reach out with your hands, mm-hmm. and then he showed a picture of of a of a, it was a baby in utero that had some kind of spinal problem, and they did a surgery where they actually literally took out the 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 the, the, the sac and the ambu- and the baby, and they did a surgery, a small incision in the. Help me. What's the name? The am- amniotic, flu- amniotic, am- amniotic fluid. Yeah, is the, that the name? Amniotic. Well, the protective fluid. sac yeah. the baby's in. Well, I believe. It's Why can't amniotic. I think of the word? I believe it's amniotic. Okay, so they made a small incision and they did the surgery on this baby. And as they were getting ready to finish, this baby in utero pushed its hand up through the incision of the of the sac and grabbed the finger of the wow. surgeon. Yeah, and he showed a picture of that. Wow. The ability of the hand and God's creation. That's neat. it was powerful. And I mean, and I'm not doing nearly as good a job as he did describing this moment, but all from just a quick scientific examination of a person's hand. Hmm. 
And he pointed that back to how science points us to worship our creator. It was awesome. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that talk on Sunday, you should definitely do it. But um, I just was, I was blown away. And, and what was really funny too, he made me think of you, Kirsten, during his talk. Oh, great. He said, I think he said only about 10% of the, he was talking about in the hand, yeah. how your knuckles bend and how the ligaments all pull together. And, and he was just like talking about just the, everything. And he goes, only about 10% of the people in, on the planet can have control and dexterity enough to move that top knuckle. knuckle. Oh, yeah. So like, like this. And I said, my wife can do that. And we'll have to put a picture on the show notes. And like you, it's really not you very have, beautiful. <laughs> no, no, you have the ability. Like, you know, Mike, my, my finger, there's a knuckle down here that connects my finger to my hand, you know, where, you know, where I would, right. your knuckles. And then you have that first joint. Everybody can bend that one. But in that top joint, to be able to move that one of all 10 fingers completely independent of each other, he said there's only like 10 people that can do that. And you can do it. Yeah. And here's what's funny. Kirsten and I were on a date. We I had heard just it was started like dating. Being double jointed or something. I don't know. No, we had just started dating. And we were at I don't remember. Were we at a movie or I we think were, we were at a movie because I put my hand on his She leg. reached over and she just rested her hand on like my knee. And I'm like, oh, and I think that's the first time you'd ever like reached out and touched me something I was like that. I'm trying to gross you out. Anyway, you'd put up with me the rest of All I know is all I know is I felt your hand go on my leg and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> and and I and, and I looked, looked I looked down. down and you had all of your knuckles bent <laughs> and I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> I knew you were for me at that point. I was like, you're like, oh, baby. Ooh, baby. <laughs> and you were messing with me. Yeah, I was. And I was like. Totally messing with you. Anyway. Because it is it's one of those things. I heard that it's like being double jointed, um, but I don't know because I can also shake my eyeballs. Yes, that's the weird. Like Abby, have you ever seen thing. her shake her eyeballs? Yes, it's freaky. We should it's, ask Dr. Gluza about that because maybe I'm like a 10% of the 10%. You're, you're special. I'm really special. Maybe you're a mutant. <laughs> Because we talked about mutations and all kinds of things. So anyway, all I'm going to say, we can wrap this up, but all I'm going to say is that we had a very full weekend. Yeah. So, and that's two full weekends in a row. We had Easter, yeah. six full weekend or full services, Saturday, Sunday. I was pretty zonked after talks, that. Yeah. And then creation weekend was Friday, Saturday, all day, Sunday. And I'm like, I mean, I'm glad we don't back and do these back to back very often, but what a great, great couple of weeks here at New Life and moving on to the next thing now. So pretty awesome. So if you haven't had a chance to go listen to that that talk on Sunday, you should do it and watch watch the watch our press releases and watch the news because um, watch the news. Well, our news, the New Life <laughs> I news. I was like, whoa. Watch our information because uh, soon and very soon, I hope we'll be able to make all of those talks available to anybody who'd like to listen. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood, not a car show.